Welcome back. You're watching Stockwatch with me, Julieta Televi, and joining me to take your stock-related questions this evening are David Shapiro from Sassman Securities and Wayne McCurry from F&B Wealth and Investments. If you'd like to send questions, please SMS 41392, email stockwatch at bdtv.co.za, or tweet us at businessdaytv using the hashtag stockwatch. Uh, David, Wayne, good evening to you both. Wayne, it's we've had, what, three days of gains? We don't know ourselves. And the Rand is at 1841. <laughs> I mean, and the gold shares are running again. It's all good times on the JC at the moment. There's a, been yeah. a distinct look, shift in mood, it feels. Look, I, I would think over the last two days, the sort of hangover after the very poor Chinese economic data and, you know, I suppose fears of inflation and all of these things seems to be a little bit behind us now because that was the big reason. What happened then was, you know, the RAND weakened, so the RAND head shares did okay but the mining shares got absolutely pounded. Now, the last couple of days, that mood seems to be changing. Mm. And certainly, I mean, I know South African inflation number in the bigger scheme of things globally is not a big number, but maybe the market's coming back to the realization that, you know, interest rates have probably peaked and the next major move in rates is down and taking some comfort from that. I mean, I don't expect a major rally to start now, but there should be a major rally on the back of falling interest rates at some stage in the next, well, not rally, actually bull market, yeah. at some stage in the next, I don't know, year or so. I also don't expect the RAND to go much stronger than 18 in, in, in the shorter term, but certainly on a two, three-year view, the RAND's going to probably go significantly stronger from that. And I mean, and I've said this so many times, all on the back of a growing global economy demand for commodities and a relative bit of a squeeze in the supply of commodities. Yeah. Um, just, uh, of course, you know, there's always got to be someone to um, prick the, the balloon. And that would be, the, uh, for example, the headlines that you read in the FT today. It's all going to be about higher for longer. That's what's, uh, the, that, yes. is, that is what the central bank governors of the world are going to be discussing when they meet at Jackson Hole. So, David, I can see you. Yes, um, it looks like you've no, sucked on is... a lemon. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was last week's story, higher for longer. Oh, okay. Yes, that's last week's story. Last week. Oh, right, right, right. I think okay. this week is that uh, the numbers that are coming out suggest that uh, the banks are going to pause, particularly in Europe and certainly in the US, simply that um, you're seeing it in the United States with interest rates uh, as high as they are, particularly on the 30-year bond level, you know, against which mortgages are priced, uh, things are bad, and people are not buying houses. And, and that's a worry. So you're starting to see a real slowdown. Yes, consumers have spent all the money that they saved during lockdown. Mm. That's also coming to an end. So I think there is a concern that, uh, you know, it could slow down. You might not see it, but when it does slow down, it comes to a complete halt. Yeah. So yes. I think it, it just pays them. You know, you just feel that it's time just to ease off, you know, the rhetoric, the, the commentary that they come out a week after, oh, sorry, you know, month after month, it's getting a bit tiresome now. Mm. It's time for them just to hold back a bit. So I, I, yeah. I think that it's, it's going to change. I think we're going to see a change. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, but, but yeah, sorry, you get this, sorry, you get this every time. You get lower for longer, higher for longer, because <laughs> yeah. the Reserve Bank's not going to say we're going to cut interest rates when inflation's still above their target in America. So what else can they say? Mm. And when it's at the lows, they want people to spend. So they're not saying they're going up. So it's quite normal talk, this. Yeah. 
Okay, here's an interesting question. There's some very nice questions this evening. For, so let's start off with them. Um, the US market seems to be quite expensive, and I'm beginning to doubt the sustainability of future earnings in big tech, especially over the next two quarters, as rates really start to filter into the system. Powell remains hawkish, etc. We already know what he will say on Friday. Well, uh, however, the JSE is really undervalued with good reason, I must add. If the froth comes off the S&P and the NASDAQ, would the JSE benefit from this as money may flow into emerging markets or would we be likely to sell off as well? Uh, Wayne, what do you think? And well, look, I mean, let's just start off with an overall comment. <coughs> the, the earnings from tech companies should actually be okay. They may be not as high as what we're seeing right now, but earnings aren't going to disappear or show a major collapse in, in the U.S. The share prices is another story. There's some very expensive shares there, but the earnings should actually be okay. That's the first point. Second point is I don't think the U.S. share market's dramatically overvalued. Remember, you're valuing the share market now against the backdrop of one of the steepest interest rate increases we've ever seen in history. And as you were talking about earlier on, interest rates are probably not probably, they will almost definitely be lower in two years' time than where they are now. That's a great support for the shops, for the, for the, for the share market. So I don't foresee a collapse in the U.S. share market. It can fall, obviously, anything can fall. But, you know, a major collapse, I just don't think is on the cards, despite the probably bad economic news that's going to come out over the next six months. Yeah. Stock markets don't collapse when the next move in interest rates is down. They, they just don't do it. So that's the first point. The second point is our share market is cheap, yeah. but it's cheap for two reasons. Number one, the SA shares are cheap. We all know that, the banks, etc. But the main reason for its cheapness is how the mining shares have been bounded. So and that's got very little to do with South Africa. Okay. Um <clears throat> David, what do you think? I mean, having said, so if if interest rates do come down and that's supportive of equity markets and, and, and wanes of the view that, you know, the U.S. market's not going to suffer a dramatic sell-off. Um, okay, I suppose, hold on, I'm trying to phrase my question here. Do you need, um, do, does the South African market have to operate independently of what happens in the, in the U.S. or are they inextricably linked? Is, is that how uh, we need to view them? They're linked. They're linked. So if uh, U.S. markets are going up, our market will go up. It's just a rising tide, you know, lifts all ships. And so we will have good markets here. It just depends where you want to be on a longer view um, from, you know, from a sustainable point of view. Our businesses are reasonably well run. We still got a lot of hurdles that we have to go through. You saw the inflation rate was down today, which I think is a pointer for global interest rate, for global rate uh, inflation as well. Um, regardless, you know, yes, it was driven down by food and by uh, fuel, but I mean, still, it's it, it is an indication of where you know where inflation's going, where rates will go. I'm not phased out by uh, the high tech levels, you know, by the high. The more I read into it, and the more I read what the businesses are doing, the more enthusiastic you become. Because if you don't get in, you're going to miss it. It'll run away, and you will never find the price that you're looking for. That's how markets are, especially in growth companies. So I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not phased out by the US and I still remain quite committed to uh, the so-called disruptors or however you want to explain the tech companies. We're getting a little carried away with NVIDIA. I'm quite nervous. Yeah. You know, that, 
that yeah. uh, everything is around. Nvidia's results, Nvidia's results. You know, so hold on a second. Good company, but um, you know, is this going to make or break a market? I think it's a bit crazy. So I'm a bit nervous about uh, you know why the market has hyped this up so much. I like the company and I would still buy it, but I'm a bit nervous about what the market expects. You know. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll know tomorrow. Okay. Or tonight, late. <laughs> okay, and then another question that's quite sort of uh, considered, um, and the viewer says, Dear panel, I've decided to sell up my stock portfolio and invest the money in a small business. I have to sell all of my equities in the next two or three months and would like to maximize my returns on my investments. The question, uh, first question, in, in general, should I take my profits for my winners now and that hope that my losers' stock price increases later? Or should I take the knock on my losers and hope my winners keep winning in the next few months? <laughs> so, uh, more specifically, I'm heavily overweight in PGMs, Transaction Capital, MTN, Nuspass and Process, and Sassel. Do you see any upside for these companies in the very near term? Okay, so, so but going back to the first question, do you take the profits for the winners, hope the losers improve, or take the knock on the losers and hope the winners keep running? Or do you just sell everything? Wait. I like, I, I, I've got a straightforward answer. If you have identified that you need this money for some project to sell, don't try to play the market because it's good. no one knows and it can come back and really slap you in the face. You know, that's my, I would, my advice, I don't play the market. Uh, you've, got, no. you've got a project, you're going, you're taking the money, you're going to put it into an, an investment, uh, sell out, Put the money aside because you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow or the next day or the day thereafter. Regardless of how optimistic we are and how we talk about markets, you have no idea. And, and I suppose the point is that you know today what your shares are oh. worth. You don't yeah. know what in, exactly. and you know what what you can sell everything for today. You don't know what that's oh. going to look like in three months' time. Uh, yeah. Wayne, do you have an, a, a different view? Um, I'm no, it's, 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 it's more or less the same as David's. Nobody knows what's going to happen on a three-month view. Mm. And people only guess, including David and myself, what's yeah. going to happen on a three- to five-year view. But the three- to five-year view outlook is probably a little bit more accurate than the three-month outlook. Three-month outlook is a random walk in the park. Mm. However, I would say... If you prepare to take the risk, maybe hold off on the totally oversold shares, transaction capital and the money and the amplets and the platinum shares, because I mean they might still go down significantly, but there is quite a bit of upside potential in those shares. But you know, maybe David's right. If you need the cash, you know what it is, just sell. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> then uh, moving moving on. Uh, yes, on that note, another viewer says, please, can the experts advise if PGM prices have bottomed and which stock would have the most gearing on the upside? Uh, Wayne, I, I shall direct yeah. this at you again. Well, look, I mean, I thought they'd bottomed a while back, you know, 30% higher, but that's life. I still think they probably are somewhere near the bottom now, whether they whether you're actually there or not. But on a three to five year view, you're still extremely optimistic about that. The heaviest geared one is Sibania more than likely or Impala. Hmm. And Platz is the most, I suppose, the lowest cost of production. has got the best mines, the best ore body. But if you want to take, you know, the, the marginal view and the one that goes up the most in the rising price environment, it's probably Sibania or Impala. 
Mm. David, any thoughts there? Well, I wouldn't go short of those shares, put it that way. <laughs> we might not have seen the bottom, but uh, you've got to be a brave person to go short at these kind of levels. When the term comes, I, no one can forecast. But when it does come, it's going to come very strongly. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I think the turnaround shop will be pretty sharp. I, I personally believe we're close to it. You know, the sooner we get interest rate cuts, the sooner we get that dollar weakening, I think you're going to see commodities stabilize and go a lot better. And uh, I think that will be the time that you can make the decision. I know Wayne's got Sabanya Impala and, and I can't, you know, I've, I can't really choose amongst the, uh, between those. Okay. Okay. We I, shall, I know yeah. Amplates very well, but uh, I think you'll do well on all of them. Uh, right. Very quickly. ASML. Is this an opportune time to buy ASML shares, David? Yes. Think yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Can't have it plainer than that. More than that. Uh, I've, it's still, I still think they've got uh, plenty of upside, you know, despite the fact that uh, they have run so hard. I think the more you read about it, the more you realize their, their privileged position. It's not a privilege. They've worked for it. Yeah. And just uh, how far they he- ahead they are of opposition. So I like it very much. You can't, you can't, there again, don't buy it on a one or two or three month view. You know, you have to take a long view on where they're going to be and what the demand for their machines is going to be. Hmm. Uh, Wayne, any, uh, anything further to add? No, I, I agree with David. You know, on a, on, on a very short-term view, be a little bit cautious about these shares that have run. I mean, it doesn't run as hard as quite a couple of other shares, but on a longer-term view, I'm, I'm with David on that. Hmm. Okay. I mean, we did speak about U.S. markets at the beginning. So, but a viewer has said, what's the panel's view of an S&P 500 ETF at the moment? Personally, I bought my, put my daughter's tax-free savings allowance into her an S&P 500 ETF. She's got a few years yet before she can touch it. Yeah. <coughs> um, Wayne, would you buy it, you know, at this point? Yeah, as I said, maybe a little bit cautious in the shorter term, but longer term, yes. David? I, I, I still think America, whether we like it or not, you know, whether we bricks or whatever you want to know, they're still going to dominate for the next 10 years, particularly in AI. I think they're way ahead of anybody else. Uh, I'm not talking that you might find one or two other companies emerging in this area, but I mean, as a grouping, uh, they're two laps ahead of everyone. Mm. So I still think the S&P is going to be the dominant uh, ETF for the next decade. Sadly, it's going to be America, whether we like it or not. But yeah. uh, the, you know, they, they, they're well ahead in terms of technology and everything else that goes. Plus finance. You know, they've got the money. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they just I don't know what the, the new BRICS currency is going to be, but uh, mm, I still yeah. prefer the dollar. Yeah. Actually, on that note, a viewer sent uh, a question that's not <coughs> stock related, but he said, are your guests worried that the Saab has lost a bit of its credibility over its seemingly mm. controversial decision mm. on its pala pala finding? So far, it's been our rock-steady financial institution. It absolutely has. Wayne, uh, we've taken a very critical yeah. uh, take on this in, our, in the FM editorial this week. Mm. We think it's a terrible look, kind of decision. Look, <coughs> I'll say three things, or two things. Number one, the SA Reserve Bank and and SARS under new management are credible, up, outstanding, good institutions 
that have not let us down in the past. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, if the Reserve Bank stays fully committed to its report, it should release the whole report, not just that very, very short summary. If they if they believe they've done an, an adequate, comprehensive, competent job, they should release the whole report, and then we can see what the substance is of the findings that they've made. But in in all their case, SARS was terrible under the previous regime there, but the Reserve Bank, ever since I've been in investments, as always, has, has never lost credibility in anything that they've done, in my view. So, you know, on this, who knows, but they should release the whole report. Yeah. David, anything further to add there? No, I just took them down a notch, you know, mm. on, their, on their rating on this. I just think it doesn't add up. It just, you know, just doesn't make sense, the decision that they've come to. And we don't know the truth about that transaction. And uh, I think no one's releasing it. That's causing the mayhem and uh, the kind of reaction that you're going to criticize. You know, um, no one has ever released what this is all about. Uh, So I I just think there are a lot of people that have lost credibility over this, including, you know, Cyril as well, who's just kept silent on it for whatever reason. Yeah. You just don't find those many dollars hidden in a mattress (laughs) or wherever they were hidden, vanishing. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. And nothing's done about it. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's very cryptic. And usually even with Agatha Christie, you know, there's normally a solution and a reason why it's done. We don't know. Yes. Uh, I mean, one thing that we must mention is that all of the governors, the deputy governors, I think all of them have their contracts are coming up for renewal next year. And we wondered about this in the newsroom today, whether or not this is a sort of we got your back, you got our back maneuver, but that's entirely you, speculative. You don't so. do that. Whether you're, a, in, whether you're a director on a board, that's why you're there. You're independent. And you have to allow your conscience to make decisions, mm. not whether you're up for renewal or contract. Yeah, as I say, this is complete. <laughs> this was fire. This was a, a water cooler talk. Uh, okay, moving on. Yeah. Um, what is Wayne's view on Nepi Rock Castle and REITs in general, Wayne? Look, the property companies are still quite undervalued, and when you look at them relative to their net asset value, they still look reasonable buyers. But, you know, I think the mining shares are going to outperform them. I think even maybe even SA government bonds might outperform them. But it's not a bad investment to make. Uh, Shorter term, who knows what they're going to do. But if interest rates fall and the long bond comes off, they will actually close a bit of that gap to net asset value. Mm. So, yeah, I don't think it's the most exciting investment around. But I think it's a... It's a fairly, as far as any investment can be, a fairly safe bet. Mm. I mean, what do you make of the fact that Shaftesbury Capital was up almost 12% today? Uh, Don't get carried away. There was (laughs) 800 shares. Oh, okay. Yeah. But Shaftesbury is interesting because, I mean, this is the absolute premier retail and office space, maybe even in the world. And they took such a bounding, and I think they're still taking a bounding, I think there's huge potential on Shaftesbury upside. Yeah. Just just for everyone, that 800 shares went through in the closing auction for all of 23,000 rand and lifted the <laughs> the share price by 11%. So just sometimes be careful. Okay. You know, it can be uh, tomorrow you'll find them coming down all the way. 
but I was shocked by that and couldn't believe it and yeah, when I weird. saw the and, and overall, it's a very tight trader as well. Very, very few shares actually go through. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Uh, just going back to our commodities discussion of U.S.S., uh, what does the panel make of Harmony Gold's results, which is a trading update mm -hmm. today? Is the share price undervalued at the current price, considering the massive turnaround in the business? Uh, David, I don't know if you had a look at the trading updates. I, I just, you know, that and Durban Deep have outperformed all the other chances <laughs> in that. It was, it was a surprise, and the market, I think, was caught on the wrong side of it. I don't know the operations that well. You know, I understand Durban. I mean, it's a tailings operation, but Harmony is is all over the place. So I, I can't really comment, but it was much better than I think the market was positioned for. Mm. You know, what does it spell in the future? I don't know. You know, what does it spell down the line? Uh, Wayne, I mean, do you know, if, if you do you take the money and run or uh, is this a bit of a, a one day wonder? Well, look, we, we all know what's happened to gold shares in, 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 in the last while. I mean, they had a huge run and they were, you know, literally the talk of the town. And then they gave most of that run up. So this just might be a bounce off the bottom. I'm still not keen on gold in this environment. In a falling interest rate environment, you actually don't want gold. You want gold in a rising interest rate environment because interest rates are rising because there's some uncertainty around. So that's when gold shares normally run is when there's a essentially uncertainty in, in the system. And they certainly did that in, in, in buckets in this latest uh, uh, round of global inflation. But with everything easing off, I wouldn't go for it. But on Harmony specifically, these were good results and I think different to what other mining companies are going to come up with. And it's really a benefit, as they've said in their statement quite a few times, you know, they're restructuring. They're, they're mining profitable ounces. Yeah. You know, they mention all sorts of very positive things to doing on their new approach to running the company and running their minds. Yeah. So I think this was a little bit of a positive exception okay. to the general gold mining industry. And, and just very quickly, do either of you follow a company called Aiden? A-Y-D-E-N? No. Yes. A-D-Y-E-N. Okay. Yes. Okay. So the viewer says A-Y, sorry, A-Y, oh, okay, A-D-Y. Anyway, uh, Aiton uh, is an educational case study for me. It missed three previous earnings estimates, and now the market has finally become tired of this naughty child and slammed it down. I'm down 48%, and only stocks like BE Semiconductors up 120% keep my Eurozone portfolio alive. So in spite of these misses, ma many analysts were saying the market got it wrong. Today I read an article of an analyst who rates it a strong buy, mentioning that the drop was perhaps due to bots causing problems, hiring problems and increased competition. I can go on, but I have read this before and here I am 48% down. So what is the panel's view um, and how does one reason around a stock that performs as this one? It's, uh, it's, it's given me a bit of heartache at the moment because I had a few clients in it. It's a very good operation in the sense that it's a, it's a payments processor. In, in other words, uh, it's the software you would use, like eBay uses it, Uber uses it. And what happens is a lot of, uh, shops use it. So you can, you can process credit cards. You can process, um, e, what do you call it? E-commerce and so on. But they're, they're quite ag not aggressive, but I, what I like about them is that they're spending a lot of money building up competition. Uh, the problem is things have slowed down in that area and therefore uh, merchants want reductions and people are you know, cost conscious yeah. and, and it's hurt them. You know, they, they, 
they're not cutting back on costs. They just continue to look for skilled staff. Okay. So the market was harsh. The yeah. market was I mean, pretty harsh. harsh. They missed. Yeah, very, very harsh. I'm waiting a bit. I'm waiting for another quarter before okay. deciding. But uh, And okay. I'm also waiting for the cavalry who just don't <laughs> seem to be appearing over the, yeah. <laughs> over they, the hill. They never come when you need, when you need them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they never come. come yeah. not like, you know, like Custer, I'm stuck there. It's not like, it's <laughs> not like the John Wayne, it's not like yeah, the John Wayne yeah. cowboy movies when we but, were younger men, David. Yeah, the cowboy but always came and saved you. Yeah, but that, that that's a problem, Wayne. It's not a it's 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 not a bad business, you know. And yeah. it's uh, but look, I mean, just I mean, I, I I I don't know the company well at all, but just two things on it: all you're going to hear now is how every analyst is going to downgrade them. Yeah, and they do it yeah. after the share price has fallen. That's yeah. the point I want to make. Yeah, but the second point. negative point is every person and their dog seems to be in payment systems nowadays eh? yeah yeah okay every person you talk to anyone they're launching a payment system yeah okay the cell phone companies everyone okay you have 40 seconds between the two of you to give me your stock picks this evening okay. so wayne yeah. tell me what it is okay adcox good results cheap price good dividend nice products reasonable value buy okay david I'm still going for my socks, SOXX, which is a semiconductor ETF. It's all very, and please God that uh, NVIDIA don't let me down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> otherwise, because surely if it does, that's going to have a, an absolutely massive impact on, on the ETF, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's still 10% of that ETF, uh, okay. NVIDIA, but there are a lot of good underlying companies as well. Okay, well, let's hope the cavalry is um, is is alert and I mean, awake this week. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we shall leave it there. David Wayne, thanks very much for joining us as always. Uh, David Shapiro is from Sasson Securities. Wayne McCurry is from FNB Wealth and Investments. Up next, the close. Stay with us. <laughs> Thank you.